At St. Louis Acura, our customer-focused approach keeps earning us more inventory. As others increase their fees and take advantage of limited inventory, we keep our prices low because we remain committed to becoming better than ever and treating you as we want to be treated. We want you coming back and sending your friends and family to a veteran-owned, family-based business you can trust. Blessings for a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year from our families to yours. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the two-man game. I'm Bob Ramsey, alongside my partner, Matt Rocchio. Well, Rock, I've never been to Boise, Idaho before, and that's where uh, that's where I'm speaking to you from this evening. How is it? It's uh, pleasantly cool, dry. Uh, it's uh, a nice little town. I'm, there you go. There you go. It. I'm enjoying it. I didn't enjoy the ride here. You can't get there from here. Uh, but it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, I like it. Hey, give give you a call a little basketball game in a city you've never been in. It's got to be uh, that's the fun of the job, right? Yeah, and um, since we last talked, the Atlantic Ten continues to win games, buddy. You're gonna hold it over me. I mean, I mean, one comment that they're having a little bit of a tough stretch. Literally, after we opened up the podcast with, with, with a segment in our opening episode about, you know, how people have been down on it and how, how you're standing behind it. And I made one little comment about how they had a tough little, tough little start, which was factually accurate. And now I'm the guy who hates the A-10. Well, the thing is, people were saying means you're saying. That's true. Okay. All right. No, I mean, so, no, no. It means one other person was saying. Well, let's, in the future on this show, let's cite sources. All right, fine. All right, fair, fair. Some guy in the bar. Okay. That's not bad. I can live with that. They've come up with worse things. Um, yeah, so uh, the Billikens uh, back from Cancun, go home for and have some Thanksgiving turkey and uh, turn right around and head back out on the road. Another long trip. Um, to this time to Boise, Idaho, uh, to take on the Broncos uh, tonight, uh, and um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. I know we'll want to kind of recap uh, a little bit, but uh, the, the the Billikens are six and one uh, with an opportunity to kind of, as I said in our last show, entering into the six game remaining games of the SOS games. And I'm calling them SOS again because it's either, hey, great strength schedule games or not hmm. going so well. We need an SOS. So, and this Boise State game will start it. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a slightly different term for for these kind of games. I'm gonna call them barometer games because I think it gives you a better idea of what kind of team SLU is. And I think. Uh, Boise State is actually a perfect uh, example because outside of Memphis, I think they're going to face off against the best singular unit unit or side of the ball that they face this entire season in Boise State's defense. And I think that's going to be a big thing to see. You know, can they break down a top? You know, this is a according to Kempom, this is about a you know a top forty you know top thirty ranked defense so far to start the season. So can you break that down? They already had a little trouble with a tough defensive team scheme-wise in Illinois State. Um, but, you know, aside outside of the Memphis game, this is the singular best unit they faced all season. So just off the bat, I'm going to call this a barometer game. 
and it, it's a big thing for me. And can they play and can they beat a team? Can they be a defense that that's good? Yeah, for uh, for those, you know, who go through the numbers like we do, they're uh, giving up 56 points a game. That's that's really good stuff. Pretty good. They gave up 45 points the other night and lost. <laughs> so yep. there is a flip side to that. Um, Not a great offense. They But they really believe it's going to come around. Will it come around at home after uh, near record-setting performance the other night? You know, all their shooting numbers are bad. Um, uh, every category. Now, the, the their best player, ACOT, uh, by the way, all five of their starters are transfers. Um, but ACOT is a very nice player. And um, he's the he's 6'8", is a guard, steps out and shoots it and shoots it well. Beyond him, who's going to show up on those nights? That's what we don't know. Yeah, not bad size across the lineup. They play about 6'2 to 6'10". Uh, one through five, but like you said, they do have a guy who's a very, you know, supersized guard. Um, Slu conceivably, you know, seems like they'd have a good matchup, whether it be Nesbitt, Thatch. Um, you know, they, they seem like they got a good matchup either way when it comes to ACOT on the other side, Kebab uh, and uh, Detrive are the other two double digit scorers, six, seven, six, five, respectively. Uh, I, I think matching up with this. Offense isn't going to be the question when it comes to SLU. Obviously, the question is going to be, is do they let somebody slip through and beat them, you know, on this offense? But obviously, the big question for me, again, is going to be, can they break down a really good defense, especially because they've had some troubles uh, offensively over the last couple of weeks or last couple of games, I should say. Yeah, some troubles, but they're scoring at a good rate. Take out the Harris-Stowe game, Billikens are averaging 82 points a game. I think yeah. that's the number. I think that's the number now. So um, they're, they're shooting well into the 40s from the field, um, closer to 50. They're shooting, you know, high 30s, three-point shooting, free throw shooting is fantastic, mid 70s. Um, so while we see certain players, certain stretches of games, um, it's not a video game. And got and and there are going to be runs in games, and I think now you you got seven games in. I think you start to look at trends and and overall numbers to say, okay, what are the positives? What are the deficiencies? So I'm not as alarmed alarmed about the offense in a general sense, but when you face a, a team you don't see all the time, not a conference team, and they have a, a much heralded defense. What will they throw at you? How do you react? Will Jordan Nesbitt be the X factor you need? Um, will Yuri Collins trim down the on the turnovers? Um, you know, you start to go through all the check down stuff. Uh, but I think that while you wouldn't say their offense is perfect and hitting on all cylinders, I'm, I'm not that concerned right now. For me, the big thing is, I think it's fair to say right now that aside from Yuri as the initiator, the main vehicle of the offense, especially in the half court, actually, you know, honestly, a transition to the main vehicle of the offense is is Gibson Jimerson. And the last time we saw them play uh, a defense that's, you know, better than, you know, top 100, he was a non-factor. And so 
when you have the two extremes of the Memphis game and then you have, you know, the other six games of the season, I guess my big question is which one are we going to see? And when you pair that with like what you said, the stretches where there's been some struggles, I guess it gets me to the point where when I see a top ranked defense like this, I, I I immediately have to go to the idea of SLU still has to show me something that they can beat this kind of defense. And it's more of the, uh, I'm leaning more towards, you have to show me you're not um, always going to clam up against a good defense less than you have to show me that you can continue to beat, you know, sub, you know, 100, you know, sub 200, you know, Kempom defenses. The um, uh, aside from, the Memphis game, the bigs have been pretty consistent. That, yeah, they have. And so I think that's a that's something we'll look at. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, uh, DeAndre Jones, as his role expands game, from game to game and gets better, um, we'll see that. And then um, while Nesbitt is picking his spots, I think that's good. He's growing into that guy role the guy who you look to for big shots. And then, you know, in the championship game in Cancun, TJ Hardgrove had a, a weird fumbleitis rare off game, but I don't expect that to be a continued problem. So I'm not as concerned as you, you know, good defenses are good for a reason. So how do you overcome it and how do you find ways to score? So I think we're both kind of arriving at the same, at the same bottom line. Yeah, I think the, the the big guys are going to be huge because they have Armis, who's the 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 lowest scorer of the starters, just under ten points a game. Um, and beyond that, you know, uh, a, a kebab is six seven two twenty five, and that's really the only size in their rotation. So I mean, especially Martin Linson, uh, just size wise, he could bully these guys just like we saw him, you know, do that against in, in kind of that two for against Illinois State and. Uh, Stephen F. Austin, especially Stephen F. Austin, where he went ham just because of the size advantage. And then overall, these guys do, you know, they're a good defensive team, but they don't hit the boards uh, despite forcing a lot of misses the way that we've seen yeah. other we, – we've seen Francis Okoro do against other teams. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if less so the front court or the back court, excuse me, and more so the big guys are, again, the X factor in this kind of game. Yeah, that, that certainly could be a scenario that you have to get it inside to them and work inside out, make force Boise State to make adjustments on the bigs, and which then theoretically could open up something from the outside. Yeah, you could be right about that. Um, uh, uh, Boise's head coach is Leon Rice, who um, spent a number of years at Gonzaga working under Mark Few and uh, has a close relationship with Billiken assistant coach Ray Giacoletti, who was also at Gonzaga with Leon Rice. They're very close friends. They talk all the time. Um, So that's an interesting dynamic. And for uh, old timey, I say old timey, people my age, you would probably agree. Um, uh, University of Illinois fans who remember the dynamic Richard Keene, um, his son, uh, I think it's RJ Keene, J.R. Keene, some initials Keene, uh, plays for uh, plays for boy. He's redshirting this year, though. Um, and so uh, uh, there's another, another connection for our local fans yeah. and that sort of thing. So um, 
there'll be some interesting dynamics in this game. We'll see if um, their attendance picks up here. Um, it's a nice arena. It can get very loud when filled. There's already been fans disgruntled by a couple stinkers that the Broncos have put up early in this season. So, um, yeah, I think the Billikens are trying to get on a real roll. And uh, Leon Rice and Boise State are trying to sort of right the ship and uh, keep the wolves away from the door. By the way, I learned when I got here, it's not Boise, like with a Z. It's Boise. 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 Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Okay. It's always something like that. I, I mean, you go to Nevada one time, and you go to Nevada one time, they give you a whole lecture on it. It's the same thing. <laughs> you just want to say things the way you want to say them. They, they, they well, not even that. It's just, it's just like, it's just, it's just places are very, are very particular about that kind of stuff because I guess for years they always hear the exact wrong way. And I guess for Boise State, um, you know, they get famous off one really, you know, really fun team, and they, they, they've kind of been riding that, and not a bad one. It was that's that's a good thing for them, and I'm, you know, I'm for years old. everyone's been saying Boise. I've been saying Boise hell. But you're not from here, so how would you know? No, it's supposedly, I'm told, supposedly it's more the town and the locals than the university. It's okay, not really the university sense. thing. It's the locals. You know you know me. I'm a man of the people. I like to get in there and mingle. Of course. Um, and a little good little tip is to drop on the broadcast and the podcast. Exactly right. Um, another thing I was looking at, because obviously Boise, Boise – Boise's a uh, a good defensive team, but one of the big reasons that contributes to them being a low-scoring team or allowing a low amount of points is the fact that they also play slow. Um, usually those two things go hand-in-hand. Hand. This is obviously one of the cases. Uh, slew playing at a faster pace, um, well above average, and uh, a lot faster than compared to the Broncos. How do you think you see the different paces? And, and one of the big things – we talked about with Travis Ford a lot preseason was slew trying to dictate the style of game while also being able to throw a lot of different styles at teams to kind of keep them on their toes. But at the same time, not wanting to let the other team dictate that style. So big change in pace for the first time in the season. How do you think we see slew play their style and dictate this game? I think they will be frustrated at first. And I think it'll take, some runouts to get it going. Um, uh, that seems like it's only seven games, but that's almost a fourth of the season. So it's not, well, it's only seven games. Yeah, you start, you, you do start to pick up trends. You're right. Um, and so what I think we'll see is a little frustration early to try and figure out what will work. And I think what will work is, um, really defending the rim and, and dominating the defensive boards. If they, can, if they can do that and even create some turnovers, start to get runouts. Um, we'll see how, we'll see how Boise is in their, in their defensive transition, because I think that's the way the Billikens can turn, you know, can flip the script and make them play at their speed. I think that's definitely going to be crucial. And obviously being able to play fast and, and just like you said, the big thing, forcing turnovers is going to be big because if you can take advantage 
and get out and run. And then you can, at the at worst case scenario, if you can in those moments push the pace, that could be enough to rattle the kind of stoic game that the Broncos want to play the entire time. So forcing turnovers, obviously it's big in basketball no matter what, but this game kind of being able to get out and run and being able to change the pace in a more natural way that isn't forced or hectic, I think forcing turnovers is going to be absolutely crucial in this game. Um, And to that point, I want to transition really quickly and talk about how important this game, how important and how tricky this style could be for a guy like Yuri Collins, who's been having some turnover issues over the last few games. Yeah, well, I think you're right. Um, We both touched on that. Um, Here's a guy that for sections of his career would be a four, five, six, seven to one assist turnover ratio guy. Being even or or having a game where it's you're you're minus one assist turnover. That's just not – that's not who he is. That's not who he expects to be. That's not who any of us expect. So um, that'll be critical. You know, and then there's one other thing that's um, kind of itching in the back of my brain, and that is uh, talking to some of the local people that, that cover the team. They really believe, without any real statistical evidence to back it up, they really believe that they're looking for a, a breakout offensive game. And I think they're – they're going to trade shoot threes with volume. So my suggestion is the Bills better, even though their numbers are – somebody will go, what are you talking about? Look at their number, 32% or 28 or whatever it is from beyond it's, the arc. It's, 20, it's 27%, but they're, – and they're, and they're taking almost 23 per game. So it's, it's not exactly on a, on, a, on a small number either. So, but they feel like we're going to have one of those games where we're going to hit them, wow. that we're going to hit 12 out of 20. Interesting. And so they're taking them. You better defend them. You can't, in my view, you can't have the attitude, gosh, they shoot all they want because they can't make them. I think if the Bills take that attitude, it could be a disaster. I'm going to take some, a look at the numbers and see how the Bills are doing when it comes to how, they, how they're allowing threes and things like that because, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing to watch for, especially against a team like this because – Again, you 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 said earlier in the in the in the episode, pointing out they lost a game where they only allowed forty five points. So, the, yeah, the offense has very has struggled a lot. And if they are able to open it up, and like you said, Slew's slow on the uptake uh, against this defense, and because of the uh, slowed down pace, that could be a, a big thing to jump out. Don't be surprised if Shaver jumps out for a couple quick points either. Uh, he's a talented yeah. guy, six two, one eighty. He can get after it, um, and you know it's not. It's not like he's. It's not like he's got a, you know, height disadvantage or anything against you or anything like that. So I mean, they they could they could get some early pick and roll points. We've we've seen that that being a little bit of an issue defensively for the Billikens. So watch watch for the threes and watch for watch for somebody to maybe get going early. That could be dangerous. Yeah, I do think again. I think the Bills clearly have an advantage. Um, with their with their fives, their bigs, yeah. and if if they'll protect the three point line, I think they'll be in good shape. Now, you still got to run your offense. You still got to make shots. Who's who's going to do that? You know, um, there are plenty of candidates. You know, uh, Gibson Jimerson leads the team in scoring. He's earned it. MVP of the Cancun Challenge. 
Um, I think I think there's plenty of help to go around, but they can't let the Broncos dictate their that style. So we'll see who can who can uh, impose their will. And something I noticed earlier on, and I think this is going to be crucial when we talk about the pace and imposing your will and imposing your style. A big thing with the Billikens is the way they get into their sets early and often, it gives them room to reset and it gives them room to score early in a very um, sensible, uh, reasonable, non-hectic way. And so that's one thing I think that could be really crucial in this game is that once it's their possession and they can control the tempo within their possession, they can get into their sets quick, get through a lot of sets quickly. And that's, again, another way, like I said earlier, with, with forcing turnovers, another way for them to create pace within their game and not have to worry about the Broncos because that's a, that's a big thing here because you can – these slow teams, the way they they, just, they, bo- they boil it down. If you ever watch Virginia, and I don't know why you would because I don't know why you'd watch that basketball, um, it, it, they, they throw teams off just because they just slog the game down and despite the fact that you think your possession just play your style, teams get in their head about it. And so I think yeah. SLU, in the way that they have an up, they have an upbeat style of getting into their offense in the half court. Not only just the fact that they're also a very good team in the way they get out and run in transition. Those two things combined are almost perfect in the matchup against a team that plays this slow. So. Um... I didn't see what the line was. I thought I heard somebody say Boise was a slight favorite, four and a half or something like that. That I makes know. sense. Um, which means that the gamblers think it's about even because that's a, you usually get, what, five points, four and a half, five and a half, whatever it is for being the home team. Um, I think the Billikens are better than that. And uh, um, I, I, I think the Billikens will win straight up. But we've seen, we've already, we've mentioned the pitfalls and just one of those deals where, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah, this is, like I said, a big statement game form. You call it SOS, I call it barometer. This is going to be a good way to find out where do the Bills stand. And will it give teams down the line? Not not the Auburns um, of the world, not, you know, maybe not Belmonts and some of those other teams, but maybe like the bottom half of the Atlantic 10, will give them some ideas on how to play the Billikens down the road. That's the thing I look forward, the impact later in the season. Let's switch it up. Let's switch it up to the pro game. And um, tell me a a quick look back at the weekend, the the headlines that stood out to you. Uh, The Suns continued their role. Uh, We talked about that uh, in the last pod. It it, it just keeps going. Um, So they're still just unbelievably incredible. That's, that that's been the, the big storyline so far. I mean, the Nets um, obviously had a little bit of a of a, of a run, you know, a, you know, kind of a stop in their run, but they just they they keep on cruising. Um, that's, I mean, the Suns. I can't get enough of them right now. Devin Booker is ridiculous. <laughs> I, 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 you know, the big thing for him is if he could unlock his three point shooting. It was going to take his game to a next level, and that's exactly what he's done. Whether it's uh, catch and shoots from the corner, open threes, he's an absolute assassin. Obviously, those are the shots you should be making when you're a deadly player, and he's hitting them all at, like, above 50% clips. 
um, borderline 60% clips on a couple of those on the quarter threes and the catch and shoot threes. He's just ridiculous. And that's why tonight, um, after Slew finishes up playing, hopefully getting a win against the Broncos, it's a later start around 8 p.m. With, with the Billikens, and the Golden State Warriors are playing the Suns right at about 9 p.m. So at about halftime of that game, you'll be able to jump in on what should be an incredible second half. The Suns are the hottest team in the NBA. Um, if they didn't exist, it would still be the Golden State Warriors. So you really can't get much better. This is an absolutely incredible Tuesday night basketball twofer. You get the Billikens and the Broncos, and then you get the Warriors and the Suns. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, Jordan Poole, which is somehow uh, a premier player in the NBA because the Warriors uh, have some kind of devil voodoo um, magic that um, – I haven't figured out or Terminator, Terminator technology. It's Terminator technology. That's honestly what it is uh, because I don't know how they keep doing this. Uh, and they still even don't have, don't even have Clay Thompson back. So an incredible two for thank you to the, the pro game and the college game bills, a Broncos, a earlier yep. tonight. And then later on jump in about halftime golden state warriors and Suns, And then tomorrow on Wednesday, not of the premier slate, but you get T wolves and wizards. So um, Bradley Beal and uh, Wes Unsell Jr. with a very winnable game. And then two really good East matchups, 76ers and Celtics, as Jason Tatum has brought the Celtics back into yeah. relevance, which is awesome. Joel Embiid's healthy. That's going to be an incredible game. And then Hornets-Bucks. Hornets falling off a little bit. They, they're not winning the games like they were early, but they're a really fun team to watch. LaMelo Ball and, and that entire team is the reason why. And then the Bucks are the Bucks. Giannis is... Uh, again, I think it may be even better than it was last year. So it's a good, good slate, good slate with the NFL games the next two nights, but obviously just a Tuesday night you can't beat if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, you know, it's funny, and, and maybe this is just the perception in my head or the casual adver- uh, uh, observer or maybe even the NBA haters out there. I don't know where I got the idea, but it was like, man, who's going to be good this year? Is anybody going to be good? And half the league – is absolutely worth watching. Yeah, it's it's awesome. This is the kind of season, if you're an NBA fan, we've been waiting for it for a long time. I and mean, last year was a little bit like this as well, where it's, it's not top-heavy. It's not just a predetermined championship. This is what everyone was yeah. talking about with a lack of parity. This has been a complaint. You know, you had the NBA, you know, not just, you know, the last 10 years, but, I mean, the star power for a lot of people wasn't there, and so it kind of got overshadowed. But now, again, you have – the you have the Hornets, you have the Bulls, you have the Heat, you have the Bucks, you have the Nets, all in the East. Uh, I think I might even miss the team. You and missed, then the, missed West, the Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics are still in there. And then in the West, you have the the West. You still have teams like the Trailblazers um, that are in it, alongside the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors. If they were healthy, the Nuggets would be there. But you know that's a complete you know health is something you can't even prepare for. So that's not yeah. you know really a factor. So, I mean, that's that's six or seven teams deep in a completely different way, and we're not even talking about a young team that's building like the Thunder or, you know, the Spurs who haven't even completely bottomed out and are trying to build something. I didn't even mention the Mavs. I just personally have no faith in them. Um, so, I mean, it's just the, 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 the depth alongside the NBA is great. And, yeah, you have some bad teams that are that are tanking, but it's not nearly as egregious as it was a few years ago. And – 
it really is one of the best times in the last the last couple of decades to be an NBA fan. Is there one player this year that you would say has disappointed you versus your expectations? Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say Russell Westbrook, but my expectations for him for him were pretty low. I think I, I guess it would be Jason Tatum so far because he hasn't uh, because well, his start wasn't great. He's, yeah, he's worked his way back, and so the room for him to take that jump. But I guess I'll just go with Ben Simmons. The fact that he hasn't yeah, yeah, that's played right. at all is very disappointing. You know, if, if even if even if the 76ers are a flawed construction, and they are uh, that undoubtedly, him and him and Embiid together can win 50 games in a regular yeah. season. So for him not to hit the floor so far, that's been extremely disappointing. And the fact that it's it's a choice. You know, with guys like Kevin, you know, with guys like Clay Thompson who haven't been able to play in two years, or or, or guys like Harden who are who aren't nearly as much fun to watch because, uh, you know, he was hurt and so he wasn't able to work out in the off season, and that's held him back. With those guys being able held back, that's one thing, and that's unfortunate, and that's always going to suck. Heck, with Michael Porter Jr. having more yeah. of his career stolen away from him, that those are it's such a bummer to then see a guy like Ben Simmons who could be playing. And is is frankly kind of squandering a, a, just a whole mess of talent, and that 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 goes beyond being bo- bothered by his lack of development as a player. That's one thing; he's not even on the court right now, and that's just disappointing. It really is when you see guys that would give literally anything to be healthy enough to play. Yeah, although, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think that's going to wrap things up for tonight yep. as we went through Billiken basketball and the NBA. Billiken's getting ready to take on the uh, Boise State uh, Broncos, and then we'll be back home on Saturday. So um, the uh, the schedule now as, we, as we're ready to move into December is going to get uh, pretty intense and really fun. So uh, we'll talk to everybody on Friday to preview the weekend, both Billiken basketball, the Atlantic 10, and the NBA. Matt, have a good week. You too, Raymer. That's Matt Rocchio. I'm Bob Ramsey. It's the two-man game on Claves Online.